You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Jason Daniels, Tony Groves, and special guest Will Cooley. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hello. Hey there, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely, Will. Uh, thanks for coming on to the show for the first time. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit. We start off with a little Q&A. Um, when did you start on iRacing, and how did you hear about it? Let's see, I actually didn't start on iRacing until uh, about April or May of 2015, and I really didn't have an excuse to wait that long because I had heard about it in probably 2008, 2009, I used to do a little console racing, and uh, the big thing, like the EA games, was always uh, like the Daytona and the plate stuff, and I remember one guy being on there one night who had just gotten iRacing, and uh, the way he described the track and uh, just the the sensation through the steering wheel was uh, nothing like what you would get out of a console, and uh, it just kind of took a while to be able to get to the point in life to have the space for something like this, but uh, ever since I, I heard about that, like I said, that had to be... 2009 maybe even 2008 uh i i wanted it (laughs) all right and uh how often are you racing and what are you racing what series uh this year mainly just peak i would do a couple a opens uh maybe nis if the track corresponded with what we're going to go to in peak next um but that's really about it. I'll still do a couple A opens and NIS, uh, but I'm usually just doing the A car. Uh, I tried to, I well, I tried to do dirt, and uh, I was very bad at it, so that kind of crushed that right there. But uh, I may get into doing some late models or uh, some other things, just kind of goof off with and have some fun with. But uh, the A car from the first time I drove it, it just fit my driving style, and I thought it was a lot of fun. So I've been going with that ever since. Yeah, we've been watching Peak all uh, series here, and we've seen you out there. Tell us a little more about your results this year. I mean, what was your best result, and uh, you know, where did you end up in the points and whatnot? Uh, we ended up 34th, I believe, and that was definitely a little shy of our goal. Uh, we had some good speed, especially from about halfway through the season on. I started the year out on a team that's now non-existent, and about uh, Richmond and Charlotte teamed up uh, with Jesse Schwarz, and uh, we formed a team kind of out of the blue, Jay Schwarz Motorsports. And from that point on, we had a lot of speed. I think Charlotte was our first like real race together, and uh, we had a top 15 car there and just got into a little little trouble, got some damage, got trapped a lap down. And that was kind of the story of our year. We had a lot of top 15 cars, top 20 cars, and uh, we just have some things go wrong. But we ended up with three top 12s. Uh, we got P11 at Pocono, which was my best run, and we got 12th at Indy and um, Homestead in the finale, too. Now, now you're no slouch. You're the 2016 NIS Open Division II champion. Uh, As you were going up in your I rating, you you got that accomplishment, which congratulations. And uh, tell us real quick about the competition there. I mean, uh, top 11th is really good. I mean, uh, when you're running against these guys, uh, how hard is it? I'll tell you, there are some crazy good guys in the Peak Series, and uh, I've gotten to know a couple of them, and, and just the talent level is is ridiculous with a lot of them. Uh, it was certainly a big jump for me because uh, it, it took me about 
I guess, roughly a year and a half on iRacing to make peak. And um, all kind of as I was progressing through the ranks, I could always kind of run about the same regardless of, you know, the strength of field. And then uh, <laughs> you jump up to peak and it's a whole different ball game. And uh, it, it didn't help. We had a, a little preseason race at Daytona with about 30 guys. I was only about 25 laps. And that was my first exposure. And we actually won that, um, which it's a shame that didn't count for anything. Uh, I could have taken, you know, a couple bonus points for that. I would have had no problem. But uh, that kind of got me thinking, okay, I, I got this. I can do this. And, uh, you know, Daytona is kind of its own own animal. And then <clears throat> uh, the next race was Las Vegas and we missed it. And we were like a, a tenth off of what we needed to be. So it was pretty humbling right away. Um, but, I mean, there, there's just some crazy good guys. And uh, I don't think I'm near as good as a lot of guys in peak. So I, I probably have to practice a little bit more. But uh, just to run around with some of these guys. I mean, there's a lot of them who could do this uh, in real life on the NASCAR circuit and, uh, you know, to be running with them. Uh, it's It definitely kind of <laughs> puts things into perspective. And uh, there's a lot of guys I have a lot of respect for because their talent's just insane. Yeah. yeah. The competition is really good in that series. Uh, so, yeah, congratulations just for being in it. And, uh, I mean, great job getting to that point. Uh, let's talk about what do you have for your hardware? What type of wheel pedals? Um, how many monitors? That kind of thing. So I started out on a very humble uh, pre-built computer from Best Buy, which in hindsight probably uh, wasn't the smartest thing I've ever done. Um, I got about 35 FPS, and that's what I ran on uh, for about my first eight months on iRacing. And then I got a new graphics card, and then we made the jump to about 55, uh, 60 FPS. Uh, so definitely some humble beginnings. And then uh, this April, uh, I upgraded and built my own computer, which was definitely an interesting process and took me about a week longer than I thought it would. Um, just wasn't as technically gifted as, I, as I'd as i hoped I would be. Uh, but <clears throat> I've got an Asus Pro Gaming motherboard, uh, an i5-7600K, I believe a GTX 970 card. A Thermaltake case, uh, I'm not sure the model on it, uh, just looks really sharp, so uh, I wanted something that looked pretty cool and went with that. And then recently upgraded to triples, I think it was Chicago, uh, the Chicago Peak Race is the first race I did with triples, and it took me a while to get accustomed to that, and just at Homestead the other week, I finally got like the angles matched up, and I finally got all three screens to kind of be consistent, and it was uh, pretty breathtaking. Uh, to to have all that working, uh, I'm not sure if it makes you better, but it, it definitely makes it a little more immersive. And then on the steering wheel side, I've got a Thrustmaster TX. Um, I started on a G27 and got this, and I love it, and I've been using it ever since. And just the basic Thrustmaster pedals. Although I do know a couple people have modded their pedals and have like some load cells and whatnot, and that sounds really really cool. So. That's probably going to be on the holiday shopping list here uh, before too long. Yeah, big jump to go to triples. Uh, I imagine that helped you, or I hope it hope it did. Uh, what third-party software do you run? Uh, let's talk about leagues, uh, teams. Uh, what kind of? You talked a little bit about your new teams with Schwartz, and then finally your most memorable iRacing moment. Yeah, so third-party software, I'll use uh, MU and Motec. Uh, I really enjoy using telemetry, and every couple of weeks I'll go through a phase where I just create different telemetry channels, uh, most of which end up not working <laughs> or being super useful, but I just like to dabble with it. Uh, then, of course, you know, TeamSpeak and now Discord. 
uh, that's really about it for the third party stuff. Uh, no button box. Uh, thankfully, my spotter Jason Merritt does a unbelievable job, so I don't have to worry about hitting too much or too many buttons and changing too many things during a race. Uh, <clears throat> don't do too many leagues. Um, just spend most of my time testing and getting ready for peak and now the pro series. Uh, so that eats up any free time I would have for leagues. And uh, actually, we just made a team change uh, to lockdown racing uh, as of a couple of days ago. And that came together pretty quick. And those guys were so fast all through the peak season. I mean, I think everybody saw what they were able to do in qualifying. So to be able to drive that kind of equipment's really exciting. And uh, I was actually going to take a week or two off to kind of decompress from things. And then talking with these guys just got me fired up. So we are yet to take a week off. We took yesterday off, but... Uh, they definitely have me fired up, and I'm excited to get going and pro with these guys. Yeah, pro's coming up pretty soon. Um, we've been talking about it here. It's going to be Tuesday nights, so uh, you're going to be going hard on that, right? Trying to get uh, to be able to stay in the peak series, right? Because you got to make top ten, I believe. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's top ten. I think I think there's a little conversation about maybe widening that. Because uh, you'd probably end up with you know some 32 car fields uh, or maybe less even, and I don't think anyone wants to see a 30 car or 32 car field in peak. It just wouldn't be the best look. So uh, I think there's a little new blood and some new ideas going into the series. So I'm pretty sure they'll get that all figured out, and whatnot. Uh, but we'll be we'll be going pretty hard. We've already started testing for Texas and uh, kind of ready to take a look at Phoenix too, and. Like I said, all these guys at Lockdown have me really excited, and it, it's really fun when you get excited just to do testing sessions, and that's kind of the stage we're at right now. And uh, We'll have WG uh, <clears throat> Landscaping on the car. They're on my car through the whole Peak Series, a pretty cool landscaping company out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. And if, if anyone wants to see any cool videos of some demolition or just massive amounts of earth being moved, uh, check out their Facebook page. Uh, again, that's WG Lot Clearing and Landscaping. Uh, they're, they've been pretty good to me, so hopefully we'll have them on board uh, through the pro schedule. Yeah, very interesting that uh, the way you do it compared to what we're doing, where we don't actually have a sponsor and whatnot. And then, you know, we have a team, obviously, uh, that we work in. But uh, all right, well, cool. Uh, and then finally, let's, let's talk uh, before we tar- turn over to Jason, who has a couple more questions. Uh, my final most memorable iRacing moment. Man, it's hard to pick out one. Uh, I'm sure everyone says that. Uh, for me, it's it's probably just the whole experience of peak this season. I mean, starting out, uh, we had a really good car for Daytona, but as I said earlier, Daytona is kind of its own beast, and uh, we weren't where we needed to be the first couple races, and then uh, did the team change, and we were really competitive. And just that whole ride and the ups and downs, and you're constantly looking at points, and if we, we weren't in a couple incidents late in the year, uh, we probably could make the top 30 and we definitely had the performance too so i would say just the whole season of peak and just making it also was a pretty cool experience yeah absolutely um well very good uh before we go to jason with his questions i usually look at your uh nascar profile excuse me your iRacing profile your i rating curve from beginning to end is a nice progression i don't it never really dips uh uh, have you hit your I-rating wall, uh, so to speak? Do you think you have another 1,000 in you? Or, I mean, what are your thoughts on your I-rating? Are, are you ever going to go up more? Are you just creeping up? Where are you at? 
Well, I, I think you meant to say it hasn't dipped yet, <laughs> which hopefully it doesn't. Uh, I think we could probably keep it going. I really only do the A car. I don't really dabble with anything else, so I don't have a lot of you know C fixed or, or B fixed wins or anything like that. So I'd say probably uh, 80% of my I rating has come from just the A car and just got to do more races with that. And, and we'll, we'll get it up because it's been a pretty good progression. So hopefully I've got another uh, thousand or so in me. But uh, we'll, we'll just have to see. Yeah, 15 career wins. Your oval win percentage overall, 2.8. Not too bad. Top 5%, uh, uh, if that means uh, finishing in the top 5, 26% of the races you finish in the top 5. So that's a pretty good stat, too. So, yeah, good job. Uh, Jason Daniels, uh, go ahead. Thank you, Mike. So, Will, having gone through a full peak series this year, what would you say your favorite race was this year? Probably Darlington, because that's one of my favorite tracks. I'm from South Carolina, so it's a home state track, and I go to the race every year. And the weather we got for that was, I think, like clear and 88 degrees, something I've never seen. We had close to 120 track temp, and the first run with no rubber, you were just sliding for dear life, and that was probably the loosest I've ever been on here. And uh, unfortunately, we went backwards the first run, but I had an absolute blast doing it. And we had a great car. We could have gotten a top 10, and we ran around a lot of guys who ended up in the top 10. And just uh, it was kind of on me not executing, coming to pit road, gave up a little too much time. And someone, I think uh, Philip actually passed me coming to pit road, and then a caution came out a couple laps later. And uh, both he and the guys I was running with stayed on the lead lap and went on to fight for a top 10 and just giving up an extra second, second and a half getting onto pit road cost us that. And we had a really good car, good opportunity, but I think every race needs to be clear and, and super hot like that. Uh, Cause just the track alone made that an absolute blast. That's pretty unique at Darlington. There was enough trouble at that track. That's exactly what you need to put on banana peels. Yeah. Just make it a little more treacherous, right? <laughs> so, if there was one race that you could have back to do over, what do you think that race would be this season? Well, uh, Darlington would be up there just to get that pit road entry back and get the chance to go battle for a top 10. Uh, there's a couple others that we got in some incidents and we had nothing to do with. Uh, New Hampshire, uh, Chicago, even Charlotte, we got a little damage and got spun around. Uh, nothing of our own doing, but that's points left out on the table. And just those three races alone, that, that was easily close to 60 points. And it's pretty easy for everyone in peak to go back through and say, well, I lost X amount of points here, you know, an, another chunk there. But those those three races really stand out to me because we had really good cars. Uh, we definitely had top 15 cars at all three races uh, that I just mentioned. And that's points on the table. And if we could have just some of them back, uh, we can make that top 30. So um, I guess there's a collection of races <laughs> I wish I could have back. It's all good. Uh, so we've talked about it some from the spectator and the entertainment perspective, but this was the first year that the Peak Series used a playoff system, used a chase. Uh, as a driver from the driver perspective and a participant perspective, uh, what did you think about the chase being involved in the Peak Series as a whole? Do you think it improved the series? Do you think it was a hindrance just from a from a participant's pers- perspective? I think it, uh, it definitely offered uh, some some heightened intensity down the stretch. Uh, I'm not sure what the championship battle would have been the last couple of weeks uh, had it not been for the chase. Fortunately, 
well, I say fortunately, uh, because I wouldn't want to have that level of stress, but uh, we were not near the chase. And I can't imagine uh, just the sleepless nights and, and all the stress that probably went into uh, those eight guys heading down the stretch. But I know iRacing wants to try to mimic the Monster Energy series as much as possible. And, and that's kind of become the, the trademark of, of that premier NASCAR series is the chase and now the playoffs at the end of the year. And racing is an execution-based sport, and you just kind of have to go out there and, and do the best you can and, and understand the situation that you're in and what you need to, to try to get the, you know, the, the most points and the best finishing position um, at the end of the day. And, and if you look at what Ryan did all year, I mean, five wins, uh, that, that's just insane. And at, at this level, <clears throat> for him to have that type of performance, is, I, I really can't put it into words. Uh, so for him to have that kind of speed and just that kind of execution down the stretch, and I think it was big for him at Dover um, to knock Novak out because you know Zach maybe could have uh, given him a run for the money at Homestead, and that's probably not a situation that you would have gotten had there not been a chase system. So uh, while it's definitely nerve-wracking if you're in it, I think uh, from a spectator perspective and even from someone in the series who didn't have to compete in it, I think it definitely got a couple more eyeballs to the series. And I mean, that's that's a pretty cool stage too for those guys who, who did get to participate. So uh, I, I think it's a pretty cool addition and uh, I kind of hope it stays around. Yeah, I think uh, it's important to have it too because they got to do what NASCAR is doing because this is supposed to be the fourth NASCAR series, so to speak, and uh, I think that's an important part of it too. And my last question for you, you touched on it a little, but I, what do you think that iRacing could add or modify to improve the high-end the high end racing community. You mentioned maybe more people from the pro series being eligible for peak, uh, possibly a longer season, longer races, shorter races, modifications to the chase, maybe even a second series. Will you have any thoughts on those? Well, I think the product and peak uh, in particular is unbelievable. And the skill of all these guys is, is just insane. As I mentioned earlier, uh, and there's definitely some races where they got kind of bogged down with cautions. And, uh, you know, you have people on the forums, if there were too many cautions, they didn't like it. If there weren't enough cautions, they didn't like it, uh, which kind of sounds like real-life NASCAR to me. But, um, you know, it, it'd be difficult to do a longer season uh, because it does take a lot of time. It, it's nice having a week in between races uh, because it, it almost is like having a second job with the, the amount of hours that people spend on here and, and this is just coming from someone who, who missed the top 30. I mean, uh, I'm not even sure how many hours uh, some of the other guys probably put in, but I know we were putting in a ton every single week just to do what we were able to do. So longer season, uh, while I think it's possible that's coming next year, um, I don't know if it enhances the series at all. Uh, I really like the race length, not too long, um, not too short either. If you make them too long, you could possibly lose some viewership and, uh, People may not want to tune in for two and a half, three hours. <clears throat> so I like the length where, where it's at. Uh, as I said, I like the chase. And as far as maybe a second series, um, I mean, the, the pro series this year is going to be really, really competitive. And there's so many people with, you know, 6K plus I ratings and whatnot. And I think that's going to serve as a, a really good feeder for, for peak this year. Uh, we do have an extra race in the pro series this year also uh, with Dover being added. So I think that's a good little second tier series, although it doesn't run the same time as peak. 
I, I think it definitely does its job there. And I think just giving people a little more access, uh, like you saw the broadcasters do, the second half of the season was a big change. And that was something people on the forums had talked about and, and wanting to understand maybe the strategy or, uh, you know, hear some spotters, some team communications and uh, hats off to the broadcast crews because they, they absolutely did that. And I think it, it helped people relate to the drivers a little bit more. And uh, hopefully you see a, a continuation of that. I think anything that whether it's iRacing, uh, Peak or the broadcast teams can do to kind of humanize us. So it's not just a bunch of, uh, you know, the animated race cars going around uh, in circles out there. I think that's going to be a big plus and, and help people relate to the series and actually understand that it, it's people and it's it's groups of people. I mean, it, it takes a team effort to compete at this level. And anytime you can offer a little more transparency, I think you're going to improve that connection. And uh, hopefully that's that's on the way. Like I said, they've they've already done a good job of enhancing that this year. So real quick, um, another question. One of the crazy ideas, I don't remember whose it is. I don't know if it's crazy either, but <clears throat> why shouldn't the Peak Series just be the top split of NIS? Is that a crazy idea? I mean, why do t- tell me why, as an insider, do they need to do it the way they're doing it now? Well, I think it makes it a little more exclusive, uh, the way they have it set up now. And, and also, I'll go back to just the time thing. I mean, 36 weeks uh, at this level, while... You do have people who would do NIS for the majority of the season, if not all the season. Uh, that, that can be kind of draining, and I'm not sure if you would get some of the marquee names uh, that you know everyone it's just knows. Too long, right? Yeah, you know everyone knows a handful of peak drivers, and there's some big names out there. I'm not sure if they would be able to participate at a consistent enough rate to keep the series healthy. So uh, I kind of like where it is, but uh, that's that's actually not too crazy of an idea. You, you could have gone, could have gone crazier, like maybe a Eldora thrown in there or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, let's get into uh, racing results. I mean, uh, Talladega was this week. Uh, let's talk about some of our runs. Uh, what a great week! Uh, I'll start off with some of my results. Uh, the Tuesday night after the recording uh, last week, I ran another A fixed because it, you know it's just my my track. Uh, P two. Boy, I almost won that one. Um, qualified P2 uh, in a different uh, A-fix and finished P4 there. Led some la- laps but and, and actually was going for the win, but I, I didn't get it done. Uh, then NIS, Wednesday fixed, P15. Uh, was having a pretty good run and got wrecked uh, twice, but still P15. Um, then open Wednesday night, P7. Uh, led the most laps. Uh I was dominating out there, leading the most laps. I, I mean, I just love doing that. But uh, the last green flag stops, I uh, did two tires, but forgot to uh, lower my fuel. I think it was like 20 to go or something. And I uh, did full fuel like an idiot. I felt so stupid because I'm sitting on pit road and everybody else is pulling off as I'm putting gas into the car, you know. And uh, uh, anyway, um, P7 there. I was actually uh, eighth, uh, uh, got a late caution with four to go, restarted fifth, got up to second, uh, wrecked myself on that last lap. Um, Jason, you were spotting for me. That was pretty crazy finish, wasn't it? Yeah, you've been, you've been pulling off the move to stay low and to slip up on the outside just kind of as the outside line was getting there for them to give you a push. 
and you did that you did that same move i thought you pulled it off great and then the leader knew it was coming and he came up to block you so then when you went back down uh the guys on the outside kind of went further outside giving you room and it actually gave you some dirty air and he got loose and ended up spinning i i think it was it was a racing incident it was a solid move for the for the lead and even the guys that were wrecked by that acknowledged that so i felt bad i mean i had been taking two tires all day long too um i never took four and so i was on old stuff and yeah you're right i think it was just like dirty air and then it was just the move of going up and then immediately back down you know i never let the car settle or anything and uh yeah i just came around and uh yeah i felt really bad after that Thursday open, <laughs> stupidly again, I forgot to take off my qualifying tape this time, so I had to pit under green because the thing was going to blow up. Uh, I never really recovered from that. You know, these splits that I'm in are good, and um, it was hard to recover. Um, I got turned by a, a chipmunk, as I call it. Um, I ended up crashing with him on the last lap as well. Uh, somehow we, we found each other again, uh, wink, wink, uh, P16. Uh, what'd you think of the chipmunk, Jason? I think you were watching that one too. That one I saw the video of, but, uh, I think there was, uh, some pretty strong words that you got from other drivers, uh, saying to get the protest in on him. So I, I don't think it was you believing there was a, a chipmunk on the track. <laughs> well, it's like going down the back straight and he's on your bumper and he just keeps going left to right, just scrubbing the paint off of your bumper. At some point, he's going to hook you. And there's nothing you can do as the front car uh, except maybe pull off the track. And, you know, I kind of hate myself for not doing that. You know, I should have done that. All right, moving on. Thursday fixed. Uh, teammate Matt Sisna was running. He wrecked out of fourth. Uh, pretty early in the race, never finished. And uh, guess what? I won Thursday fix, led the most laps, dominated the race, and finally brought it home. Uh, 178 championship points, 88 I rating. I finally uh, got to above 3,200, 3,202. I have not been at 3,200 since dirt came out. And I've been recovering from running those dirt races ever since, and I finally got back there. Uh, there were lots of green flag runs and stops. A few times I'd lose the lead, but I always found a way to get it back. So it worked out really good. Uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner there. Teammate uh, Justin Laird also run that night, and he won his split as well. Uh, congratulations to Justin. That was his first NIS win and uh, his first full-length distance win as well uh it was my 47th career win let's see friday open i had to work uh matt uh cisna he ran and apparently wrecked out again uh and he put up a video of it on our our team uh tifosi facebook page uh, about what happened. Boy, I mean, he couldn't be more out of the way, and it's just one of those bad luck things where they hook in the outside lane, they come down, and you're against the yellow. There's nowhere you can go, you know, and uh, they get you. That one's just Talladega being Talladega. 
Uh, David Flowers' teammate went on to finish P3, so great finish for him. And then finally, a Sunday fixed. Uh, Tony, you were there running. Uh, Jason, you finally ran. And uh, teammate Tyler Conroy ran as well uh, with myself. And uh, guess what we all had in common? We were all in different splits, and we all wrecked out. Yeah, it was such a bummer, too. I was really looking forward to that race. Um, life really kicked my butt this week, so that was the only start I was able to take. Um, but I was I was running up in the front pack and, uh, you know, just got caught up in someone else's mess. There's really nothing I could do. Uh, you know, Talladega, it is what it is. Um, basically had uh, no speed for the, for the rest of the run, for the whole race. Um, I was able to get my car fixed up the best it was gonna. I ended up blowing the motor, sat that out, got back, um, and I, you know, I ended up finishing a P14, but it's, you know, not a bad finish, but such a crappy way to get it. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> and that's tough when it's your only start, right? Yeah, well, that's just it, right? But you know, hey, it is what it is. It's that's what you get when you're uh, when you. It's play track racing, so you just throw the dice. Uh, Jason, you came back for top ten after your run after getting wrecked, right? I did. I ended up finishing ninth. Um, I'm a bottom split driver, so there, there's a different kind of jungle that goes on down there. But uh, going back to like when I first started doing NIS, when I joined the podcast like back in April, um, I, I knew I was skipping Indianapolis. That was a full length. I, I knew I didn't have the stamina or the experience to do it yet, but I was targeting Talladega from that point. So I was real disappointed when I was only able to get a Sunday night when just – Life kept rearranging my schedule, but those y'all that aren't used to long races, my leg still hurts from 500 miles of keeping that pedal all the way down, and I had a 31-minute break for damage, but my leg is still sore. That is no joke, uh, the length of those races, and uh, I'm probably overstressing my body, tensing up when I don't need to, but uh, it. The adrenaline is just what I love. I, I don't care that I had a 30-minute break. I still came back, and I was still able to draft and race just with, with everyone else. I didn't repeat my mistake at Daytona where I was a lapped car that wrecked the leaders. I made sure of that. So I, I feel like it was a successful race overall. Ended up getting getting a top 10 out of it. Uh, nothing really to hang my head over. Yeah, top 10 and your only start. Yeah, I'll take it. I gained some 400 I rating uh, that night. Uh, I saw a name when I came into the room I hadn't seen for a long time, and I don't know if it's because I've been gaining I rating and finally going into some some higher splits or what. But uh, uh, the, this guy has initials SB, and his last name uh, rhymes with the word learns. And if if you know him, his reputation uh, precedes him. And I called it out to my team, you know, the whole time. You know, I'm nervous running around this guy. I, I said right at the beginning, I'm afraid this guy's going to wreck us all. And uh, so forth. And uh, sure enough, at some point, he ended up behind me and pushing me down the front stretch and hooked my bumper and uh, took me out. And so that was how I got wrecked out. Um, wasn't really happy with that guy. 
I was thinking about protesting it, but I never actually did. Um, the race was so long, and then you have the cool-down period afterwards, and by that time, it's the middle of the night. I need to be in bed, so I didn't do it, but <clears throat> I kind of felt like I should have. Uh, there were other people in the room encouraging me that I should have because it was really a, 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 a BS move, you know. But that's tally. Uh, what about you, Will? Uh, did you get any tally starts this week? Uh, I did. I think I did two-way opens. Um, I wish I had it. <laughs> I think I gave some eye rating away. But I do enjoy the plate racing a lot. Unfortunately, I just haven't figured out this package yet. had a really good plate package uh, before the build and the ride height rules came along. So I think one of them I wrecked out in and the other one we tried some funky strategy and we pitted with about three or four cars and one of them got a speeding penalty, which just kind of messed up our strategy and we ended up uh, like seventh or eighth or something. But I do enjoy the plate racing. Definitely stayed away from the NIS in the full length. Uh, Jason, you're right about that. That kind of gives you an appreciation for what the guys have to go through in real life uh, when you add in the G-forces and the heat and just all the other elements that they have to battle. So uh, I did spot one of the races for uh, my peak spotter, Jason Merritt, and uh, that was enough for me. (laughs) That was draining enough. Yeah. Yep. That's tally. Boy, I got it while I could. I I have a thing for the restrictor plates, and uh, sure enough, it shows again with the wind. I'm so happy to get that, too. Uh, That's the second this year, so uh, real happy to to be able to do that. All right, let's move into topics. Uh, Well, almost. Let's talk first. Let's talk a little bit about Peak and give credit where credit's due. Ryan Michael Luza uh, gets it done. Uh, I watched this race. Uh, Logan Clampett, man, he was right there. I mean, let's give props to Logan. What do you guys think? Yeah, Logan did a really good job. And Logan was really fast to start the year off, and uh, he came he came oh so close. And, and but I mean, what Ryan did is just phenomenal. I mean, like I said earlier, five wins that, that's just insane at this level. And he definitely had the car to beat uh, at Homestead. Yeah, he was quick there. He, I mean, he would hunt him down and he'd get that lead, and um, he was quick. Um, now Ray kind of got caught up in somebody else's crap, and there was no chance for him to have a good run. And uh, Zelensky, I, I think he was also uh, never really got up to the top five. I think maybe he was fifth or fourth, but uh, not really any higher than that. But uh, boy, Ryan Michael is a good job. Uh, congratulations. We actually invited him to be on the show. I haven't heard back, but I hope to get in touch with him and have him on and tell us about it, you know. Uh, so maybe after Homestead, we can get him on or something like that. But uh, congrats. So, what'd you guys think, Jason? Did you watch the race or Tony? I couldn't turn the race off. I mean, the chase did exactly what you want it to do. Uh, the last 50 laps, like I got got one after I was back from dinner, I, I couldn't stop watching. Uh, I mean, there were a couple late cautions that got the field bunched back up. You had everyone but Ray Alfalo there in the top 10 pretty much the whole time. Uh, just right there, you're just waiting for everyone to strike. And the late cautions kind of canceled out some pit strategy that I would have liked to see, but that that's exactly, that's exactly what you want to see in a, in a final race of the, of the season. Yep. Yeah, it was a good race. I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I really wish I could make more comments than damn. Why did I miss this race? Um, like that's I said, a- life, life was just kicking my butt last week. Um, 
but <laughs> from reading what I read about it and then hearing what people were talking about it, you know, I, I, I missed like a, a great race and yeah, it sucks. There was a big one too. There was like a big wreck. Uh, Taylor Hurst pretty much just drove in the corner without slowing down. From what I can see, he didn't use the brakes or slow down and just ran over, I think it was uh, Busa, Matt Busa. And uh, they had a pretty big wreck. And I think Kenny Humpy ended up flipping several times. Uh, and it was pretty spectacular. Yeah, there were a couple big ones. Unfortunately, a lot of them were in front of me, but uh, we had some, some good spotting and missed them all. But those late race restarts really made it exciting, I thought. And I went back and watched it later that night. And uh, the race was so compelling down to the end. And again, give Clampett props because he executed, gets himself up to P2. Just all you want is a shot at that. And for the season to come down to a couple of those, it was pretty cool to see. And, and the restarts in peak are just so chaotic. It, it's very similar to real life. And you're going three wide constantly. We even had a lot of four wide on the restarts. And those are always a lot of fun, uh, even in the overcast weather where you got a lot of grip. Uh, I really enjoy the restarts this year. If, if I don't make it back next year, that's honestly going to be what I miss the most because you're always three, four wide. And it's seemingly every track, whether there's room for it or not. But for those guys, especially Ryan, to just execute through all those and, and get the win, that's that's really impressive. That's earning it. Yeah, the product is great. Uh, it really does match the real-life counterpart in NASCAR. Um, it was like watching a NASCAR race. I think one thing you mentioned earlier, and I'll mention during the broadcast, I was wishing I could see the faces of the competitors. Little pop-ups with your face or something, you know, with a little line that shows which car is who. Because when I'm watching NASCAR, I'm seeing stuff like that. Like when I see Denny Hamlin's car, I have in my mind what Denny Hamlin looks like. And it's kind of, I need to identify and personalize with, those peak drivers i want to know who they are i want to know what they look like so when i see them on the track you know there's that personal connection like you said uh, i mean that's my only feedback but other than that i, I thought that everything was great yeah i agree with you there and i think there used to be little picture pop-ups and on the peak broadcast that went away for whatever reason a while back but I think there's been a little discussion to maybe bring those back and maybe have like some short little driver bios. And I think all the drivers would be okay with that and, and probably want that because it, it definitely humanizes it. Yep. All right. Well, let's jump into topics. Uh, we'll trade off. I'll start off here. Um, ghost car. Uh, we had a post in the forums saying, I don't know if it's uh any other dirt car, but there seems like there's an invisible car hitting you when the track starts to slick off in the street stocks. Anyone else notice this? And apparently so. And uh, Tyler Hudson even uh, primed it, uh, piped in on the, the forum trying to get some more information exactly where does this happen and that kind of thing so they can investigate it. Um, one guy says it happens on corner entry. It'll be all normal. And then snap the rear end tries to swap ends with no throttle ap applied. Like the car becomes disconnected from the track for a split second. So interesting. Yeah, that's, that's pretty wild. If there's something there actually happening for me, I always feel like there's a ghost car hitting me, but I think that's more my lack of talent on dirt than a, something wrong with iRacing. 
there's enough people on this thread that it, it sounds it must be real. I mean, so uh, from what I can say, see, Tyler was asking for a replay. Nobody's actually posted one, so I guess it's all hearsay at this point. Yeah, that replay file is going to have the data Tyler needs to really track it, because he can go into the code and find the exact response on the track state and everything from that code. So that's going to be valuable. Okay, Jason, you got the next big topic. Next big topic is more information about DIRT licenses. So this is a pretty extensive post from Tony Gardner laying out exactly what the plan is. So they're breaking the DIRT oval into three groups. So if you have raced 25 official DIRT races, when the DIRT oval license goes live, it will exactly match your ro- your pavement oval license. So if you're a B3.0, you'll get a B3.0. If you've raced in some dirt races but less than 25, then it will be basically prorated between rookie and where you are currently. So if if you've done 12 races, it will be halfway between where you're at at now and the rookie license and if you haven't raced in any official oval dirt races you'll get placed with the standard starting rookie 2.5 and then dirt road they're going to roll out the license right from the start so everyone's going to start with a rookie license and go from there okay so question so you're talking about sr and license like a b c d rookie right Uh, you're not talking about i rating no I rating is mentioned in here yet at all. All of this is talking about is your license class and your safety rating, correct? Actually, it says there at the bottom, everyone, regardless of any prior dirt racing, will start with our standard rookie I rating. Or just point out the paragraph I missed. That's fine. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, w- I was wondering how many dirt races have I run? I don't know that I've run 25. I actually think I've run about maybe 15 or 20. So I think I'm going to be in that B category that you spoke about where it's somewhere in between A and rookie. So maybe I'll be like a C or something. I don't know. I'm really excited about this. You know, um, I know this is going to make a lot of people happy, the guys that that have been running a lot of dirt. And then for guys like me that just go out and practice and smash into the wall, um, I get to start out as a rookie and... uh, which is exactly where I, I need to be. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really neat concept on, on how they're rolling this out. And, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to keep everybody, uh, happy, you know, I, I want to be at rookie too. And I'm a little disappointed that I won't be because I have run some dirt light, uh, um, some dirt races. So, uh, we'll see how I like that. But, um, I like the fact that we're going to have separate licenses. I don't have to sacrifice my regular A oval I rating and SR, you know. I can go and run these dirt races without consequence, you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that because as I've stated, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm just terrible at dirt. Uh, And that definitely prevents me from doing some more races. And I'd have to think there's more people like that. So I can only see this helping dirt participation and that, the dirt road license and all the stuff with that sounds really, really exciting. 
Yes. And for those with a higher I rating, it's almost not enough war- reward for the risk you'd have to take. If you don't do well in dirt, you're going to lose a bunch of I rating because you're so much higher than a lot of other people. And that maybe drop drops you down, doesn't give you as good of a shot in the pro series. There was just too much risk, not enough re- reward, unless you didn't have an I rating high enough to really care about it. All right. Now, Dirt Road, everybody is rookie. Everybody. Um, no matter what. And then Dirt Oval, one more uh, caveat is they announced this early. So to give you the option of going out and running up to or more than 25 dirt races now before they do the cutoff, so to speak. And then if you wanted to do that so you can be uh, scored as an A or B license, then you have the option of doing that. So if you want that, you need to get out and run those 25 races now and get it done. I wonder if they would entertain, like if you actually emailed or called iRacing and went, I'm a pavement A license, but I suck with dirt. Can I have a lower license? I wonder if they would entertain that. I don't know if maybe that's some issues potentially competition-wise, people uh, sandbagging, but I wonder if they'd entertain that. It's just me thinking out loud. I think it would fix itself naturally, right? You'll hit the wall, like Tony says, and you lose SR, and your license will eventually go down. All right, let's jump into the next topic. Uh, Tony, what do you got? Oh, we got some uh, some more news on the world's fastest gamer. Um, freak... Uh, Skothorst, and if I butchered that name, I apologize. Uh, well, he's uh, he's got himself qualified. Um, well, he wins. I mean, he won the comp- the whole competition, so he is the guy who's going to make it. I love that name, Freak. F R E E K. That's great. And and he's not a completely. He's not completely an unknown. He finished third in the World Championship Series behind Martin Kroenke, which won everything. So he was a high-ranking F1 racer already. So it's not like a complete unknown looked into it at all. It's still an established name. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Congratulations to Freak. Uh, We talked about him before. He actually won one of these events in the series uh i think maybe it was a two two uh, races back or so but uh yeah he won the points uh and uh, he's going on to the mclaren technology center in the uk later this year uh to see who is going to be named to the mclaren formula one uh simulator driver uh, role for the next uh year so pretty cool contest man that is awesome and just to have iRacing parlaying into real-life opportunities is, is pretty amazing, really. Uh, much less when you have a brand like McLaren. Uh, that's absolutely insane. Just props to Freak. That is a pretty cool name, too. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. All right, I'll take the next one. Uh, we had a report that uh, the folks from iRacing were on hand to, today to scan the Weeds Port ahead of this Sunday's World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series event. 
and they showed the old iRacing gray van with all the scanner equipment. And, uh, and, and the track is called Weed Sport uh, Speedway, and that's a nice dirt track. I honestly don't know where. Oh, it's in New York. Yeah, it's in New York State. It's one of those that's on the poll that they put up out on worldofoutlaws.com when they were getting some feedback on what the next iRacing dirt track would be. But it's kind of surprising to see them scanning this one since this one isn't performing very well on the polls. So we may end up getting all of those on the list eventually. may just be prioritizing with that poll. Yep. Well, they're scanning. That's good. All right, uh, Jason, next topic. Next topic is we have some changes in the managing of the Pro and World Championship Series. Uh, Tony Gardner came in to mention that Shannon Whitmore has been the main point person. Uh, But a few years back, three years ago, uh, Shannon went to work for John Henry. And Shannon kept doing the the Pro and World Championship items basically as volunteer work, not being paid any extra for it. Uh, but his full-time job and family is just kind of taken over, so they're still going to keep him involved behind the scenes uh, since he has the experience, but he's going to be basically moving full-time over to that job with John Henry. And they're going to bring Tyler Hudson as the day-to-day role-managing and communicating on the competition side with the drivers. So we've already seen Tyler pretty involved in the in the forums, and we can expect to see him even more involved with the season just ending, gearing up to start the Pro Series. Uh, the, the timing is ju- just perfect. They also mentioned that they have a, another person coming in that's got some marketing experience in esports and is, and is a race fan as well, but you'll still have Kevin Bobbitt, uh, Otto uh, Spinney uh, still continuing their leadership roles. You're just going to see more Tyler Moore. Yeah, that's great. I think I probably speak for most of the, the drivers in Peak. Everyone likes having Tyler around, and it's just nice knowing that you have you've got someone who's been in your shoes before and can maybe see things your way. So it's definitely exciting to have him taking on new responsibilities. And Shannon did a great job, too. I think anyone who's ever had to send in an appeal has uh, had to talk to Shannon. So uh, he's pretty a pretty well-known person in the peak circles, but definitely exciting to have a TDH get some more responsibilities. Yeah, and Tyler, this is going to be like a full-time role for him. So he's going to have more time to dedicate to it than Shannon had. Like Shannon was kind of spending part-time uh, time on you know trying to manage these series and so now tyler's role is going to be backfilled because uh, he was just doing customer service basically uh amongst some other things but now he's going to be more involved in making these decisions and basically being you know playing the role of nascar as a sanctioning body so to speak and i think for those of us that aren't on the peak series and probably will never will be. I think the amount of work that Shannon actually put in is probably going to go unknown and underappreciated. Uh, well, you're not the first person that I've heard say that, that Shannon did an outstanding job and just is worth more than, than any credit that he got. Yeah. And let alone kind of doing it volunteer wise too. That's a, uh, that's pretty interesting, but yeah, he did a phenomenal job and, 
Um, I'm excited to hear who the uh, esports guy is. I'm I'm not sure if they've actually announced uh, who that is yet. Yeah, that will be cool. And um, yep, it's all coming coming together. All right, let's uh, go to the next topic, Tony. Well, I guess uh, when they posted the schedules for the Kansas NIS race uh, this week, uh, a little bit of an error in the race length. Um, uh, I guess they said it was uh, the open was set for 134 laps, while the fixed was uh, set for 167 laps. Now, um, and then uh, you know after a little bit, it got changed, but they kind of switched it backwards. So the uh, the open was set for 167, and the fixed was set for 134. Now I have not checked, but I'm pretty sure they've got it all figured out now. Um, I'm what kind of surprised me about this is. Uh, I've noticed a lot of times when this stuff comes up on the forum, it, it tends to get into like a two to three page rant and this one only stuck to one page. So, uh, kudos to everybody for keeping the flaming down. So while we were talking, I've actually been poking into this a little more. And I remember when I was writing down, I made a spreadsheet of all the races so I could keep track of which tracks I need to pick up. I actually noticed when I wrote down the schedule that, on the PDF, the race length for this week in Kansas was different. And it was on the PDF released way back at the beginning of the season that open was 167 and fixed was 134. So this may actually be intentional. And it right now it matches, and I've just checked, it's showing open 167 and fixed 134. It matches the PDF, and they are not equal lengths. And they may be sticking with it since that's what it said all along. Oh, I don't think they, – they need to be the same. There's no reason it should be different. That's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, Tyler getting involved more as a competition director, so to speak, maybe he can get involved in this kind of stuff and get this stuff fixed. Because, like you said, this does happen a few times a season, it seems like. Yeah, usually it's something like it's – the it's a morning race instead of a night race or it's late afternoon instead of early afternoon like the weather settings but this one the race length is it's actually i think we've seen this once maybe this year yeah but there's a lot of conflicting information in different places so who knows what's actually going to happen well we have till wednesday to sort that out so that's tomorrow and uh all right next topic red bull global rally cross Huge announcement this week. Uh, they're coming to iRacing. We've signed them. Uh, we got a really nice video that's been put out and uh, publicized all over the internet. Uh, a big, a lot of big websites picked it up as well. And boy, it looks awesome, man. It, it looks like so much fun with the mix of pavement and dirt. And then they're going to have that Joker thing where you there's a fork in the road and you have to pick: Am I going to go left or right? And you can do that like once a, a race, and there's going to be heat races, and uh, wow, I'm excited for this. It's going to be fun. This is so cool. Um, I watched that that video and started drooling. Um, now, along with uh, like dirt, I completely suck at. I have zero experience doing this kind of thing, but the video, man, oh man, it really gets your engine revving. That's uh, that looks like so much fun. All the jumps and crazy corners the joker lab which i just learned about this year um so cool 
and jumping the cars. There's literally jumps, you know, where you're going to get air and uh, and fly like a bird. That's awesome. I love jumping. Yeah, this is going to be pretty exciting. I'm more excited for this than I was for uh, Dirt initially coming out. And I won't reveal my source, but I did have a, a guy on a, a former team who actually got to go to the iRacing headquarters a couple months ago and uh, may have kind of leaked us a video of all this, and we've known about it for a while. But uh, it, it looked really cool, and, and what he was able to capture and, and just all this stuff coming out looks really exciting. And I've watched a little bit of this because uh, I, I think Scott Speed is in it, uh, the old Red Bull driver from NASCAR. So I uh, heard his name, and that got my attention, and it, this looks pretty awesome and the joker lap i think is going to be really interesting and just to see all the physics you know how they all work because that's got to be really difficult to pull off uh, but uh, i'm sure iracing is going to do a great job and uh, this is definitely going to have my attention for quite a bit when it comes out yeah this is uh very interesting greg hill also posted up some high-res photos of the cars on track uh and boy i mean it's cool to see the track layout and the track and uh you know it's a dirt inside of a normal nascar like i think the one the pictures we're looking at it looks like daytona but it's in the infield of daytona yeah yeah there's daytona and then there's another one down there i'm not sure what what track that is yeah and then also um so there was an article put on iRacing.com about it, uh, as well as with some video and those screenshots. Now, it does say here that um, initially there will be four Global Rally Cross tracks with five separate configurations available to iRacing members. You got Daytona. It says times two, so there must be two different configurations there at Daytona. Iowa Speedway, Gateway Motorsports, Lucas Oil Raceway. And so, uh, boy, it's going to have, like, like I said, track surface jumps, hairpin turns, and more. Um, pretty cool. So um, it also quotes Steve Myers talking about it, uh, as well as Chip Panka, who's the founder of uh, Red Bull Global Rallycross. Uh, Chip said, uh, iRacing will be a great way for our fans to experience Red Bull Global Rallycross in a way they have never before. Getting on the track and racing, I know our fans will love it. Now, cor- sorry, Jason. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it uh, it's it sounded like in that write-up um, that uh, Red Bull might be using iRacing as as a bit of a tool to help them out as well. Well, obviously, yeah, it's a huge announcement. They signed with the series, uh, so to speak. It's a whether I guess they call it a partnership. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you got to get everybody's uh, sign in. They're they're certainly showing the Red Bull logo, uh, G- Red Bull GRC logo, uh, prominently. So yeah, I'd imagine there's some kind of a deal in the works there for sure. What will be interesting to find to find out is all of these tracks are actually existing tracks, so it would be consistent with everything else if those new configurations are already included in the purchases we've already done. Yeah, it also wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to release that with only one purchasable item. And I think the they already announced the VW Bug Volkswagen was going to be the free car. 
So you'll get that car for free, and you'll have these tracks for free if you already have them. So I, I think that's how it's going to work out. You'll be able to buy the Ford if you want that, and I think there's going to be one other car. Um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, I'm excited for it. I want to jump some cars. I will be checking this out. Obviously, we're all going to be rookies. This will be called the Dirt Road uh, Licensing. So, As, as well, um, if this uh, makes it out on time, you know, heaven forbid any uh, anything that comes up, but uh, it should come along right while we're in the off-season NIS, right? Yeah, they just have committed to 2017 as far as I know, so uh, yeah. We shall, we'll, we shall see. All right, let's jump to the next topic. Uh, Jason, you're up. So uh, there was a post on the iRacing forums about how bad any warping might be with curved monitors. And the video expert David Tucker came in to comment that well, all designs were assumed using flat monitors. So any curve is going to add some warp. But it'll be through the center and not at the ed edges, so it'll be hard to notice. And the curve on these monitors is really actually pretty shallow, so it's pretty hard to see. Yep. So there's a definitive answer. Is curved better for uh, triples or not? And uh, I think the short answer is no. Uh, you know, they designed iRacing for flat monitor triples. And so, yeah, you can use curved, and it'll look great. But it's not how they did. That's not what they designed it for. So, yeah. So the guy was kind of asking, you know, can is there any tweaks or adjustments that can make to compensate because you might have these uh, curved monitors? All right, Tony. What's next? Well, another uh, forum post uh, talking about heat races. Um, and uh, Tyler Hudson offered up some uh, some good information. Um, says uh, th I think the plan right now is to have uh, the splits at a high number so that every official race, or most depending on how many sign up, will have drivers in the field that do not make the feature. Um, somebody else asked the question. So hey, if you uh, if you end up missing the feature, is it will it count as an IR loss? And the simple answer is yes, yes it will. Um, so uh, that, that'll make things interesting. A lot of cars in, in the heat races, and you know you you better race your butt off because if you don't if you don't qualify, you're you're taking a hit on the I rating, and you're not making it to the feature race. Um, there was also a, a Twitter post put up by Steve Myers. Um, somebody had asked, uh, with heat racing coming to the GRC update, does that mean we will have heats for the dirt oval side as well? Um, and yes, they'll use heats on some pavement and dirt oval series. Um, we'll keep some as standalone races though as well. So, um, yeah, we're getting heat racing all over the place. Yeah. I would expect all the short track kind of series like the, you know, street stock pavement, you know, that kind of thing or super late model pavement. Those will probably end up being heat races, you know, but probably the A, B and C's won't, you know, the ABC car probably won't. I wonder if there'll be an option for maybe some hosted or some uh, league races to do some heats, because that, that could be pretty fun. Yeah, I would imagine so. If they're going to put it in, it'll probably be across the board. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it'll be kind of neat to see how that works out. 
All right, next up is uh, a continuation of something we did last week where we had a, a, a listener ask us for tips for newbies, for new people that are new to iRacing. Uh, we had another listener uh, recommend a painter for anybody who needs a paint because we were talking about that. He recommended Hippie's Paint Shop, and you can find that on Facebook. This uh, Search that H-I-P-P-Y apostrophe S paint shop. And uh, that guy will hook you up. Uh, some other items we came up for the new uh, the newbies this week is uh, I also had a comment from one of them about Teamspeak, and he and he mentioned he purchased it. And I want to clarify: you don't have to pay for Teamspeak. If you purchase something, you're not doing it right. Um, you can download a Teamspeak client. You don't want the server a client for free at teamspeak.com I believe and uh, install that and then from there you connect to a teamspeak server and like I said typically you get invited to one or your team has one uh, I had mentioned that we maintain one through gameservers.com at a small uh, monthly fee uh, as a team and we all connect to that but the individual team members they don't pay uh, you don't have to pay to use teamspeak so I just wanted to clarify that my final tip was uh, check out a website called danlisa.com. Uh, have you guys ever checked this out? It's pretty cool. It, it keeps stats from your iRacing. Yeah, I haven't checked it out. Actually, I, I tried loading it up, and uh, my my page just hung there for a while, and I didn't get any results out of it. I see Dan Lisa uh, typically going from, like, leagues like league standings and league schedules, all all route over to danlisa.com. And there there are some good good data repositories in there once you get in, inside the website. Yeah, if it doesn't pop up danlisa.com, you can just Google it and maybe throw an iRacing in there, and then it, it's the first thing that pops up. Uh, this is actually the first I've heard about it. I'm I'm kind of afraid to go back and and look at some of my stats now. <laughs> yeah, there's a way to get your stats in here. You just have to figure it out. Uh yeah, but leagues can actually set up uh to have uh scoring in here and it it's basically like you said a data repository and uh you can keep points uh and so forth in here. I think the league owners can even manipulate points like if there's offline penalties that need to be given and stuff like that so it's very uh very useful um i think it tracks official stuff but i'm not it's been a long time since i've looked at this it, I, I used to look at it i don't know maybe two or three years ago but i haven't looked at it since but i uh was reminded of it the other day and so uh i thought i'd mention it All right, let's jump into hardware software. Uh, what's next, Jason? Next we have uh, Rick Motech is doing a community open house uh, tomorrow from 6 to 10 Eastern. Rick Motech is located down in Miami Lakes, Florida. And we have a team member, Justin Lair, that's actually down in that area and maybe uh, stopping by to uh, show up. But they're just doing basically a little open house. Some food drink friends, food drinks friends, and sim racing, and check out what they have. Yeah, they got two motion simulators there, uh, and you can come try it out and try the virtual reality and whatnot. 
yeah, Justin indicated uh, he might be going down there and checking it out. So uh, pretty cool. We'll see what if Justin uh, reports back. Hopefully he'll take pictures and video, and we can talk about it next week, uh, uh, what's going on there. Okay, uh, Tony, what's next? Well, HPP Simulation uh, posted up some photos of uh, the first mock-up of the F1 uh, steering wheel we've been covering over the last couple of weeks, and you can find that on their Facebook page. Um, yeah, pretty uh, pretty slick-looking uh, wheel. Now, um, looks like they got a you know the LED uh, across the top of the wheel with the uh, shift lights going on. Um, uh, bunch of nice colorful buttons and some really slick looking uh dials um now this stuff looks pretty damn good quality um all the, the dials are all cnc'd and um yeah this is a this is a pretty little steering wheel it is and it it's clean looking too it doesn't have too many buttons uh but it's got some nice ones that's for sure I, it's kind of fun to watch him uh you know build this from scratch it's been neat that he's uh, been posting video and and pictures up so we can see it as it comes along so pretty cool i'm wonder, i wonder what the price is going to be oh yeah i mean the, the price is 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 going to be what it's worth that's for damn sure but um they they got a they got a picture here of a box of uh just a, a whole bunch of the uh, the dials, all all CNC. It's just I don't know. There's probably about 300 in there, and it's just a picture of that. And they say, you know, hey, guess what these are? So they're they're kind of showing us every every little step along the way. Um, it's a it's a neat little journey. Um, and uh, yeah, I just passed by this graphic to just uh, say, you know, shut up and take my money. Um, it 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 is a nice looking wheel. Yeah, check that out on Facebook at HPP Simulation. Uh, next up in uh, hardware software is software. Uh, a guy from Brazil uh, put up a uh, forum post about an app he created in the Google Play Store for Android. It's called iRacer Stats, all one word. And so check that out. Uh, looks pretty interesting. Um, if I had an Android phone, I'd probably try it. So I uh, I actually I have an Android phone and uh, so I downloaded it and checked it out and um, yeah it's I, I really like it it's uh, it's it's very easy to read it's very easy to use you just uh, punch in your name and um, now I didn't have enough time to go through all the options and stuff but uh, one that stuck out to me was uh, you can compare yourself with other drivers so I was sitting here and comparing myself with Jason Daniels and Justin Laird and David Flowers and even Mike Ellis and um, uh, it's a nice side-by-side -side. Uh, there again it's real easy to read so you can kind of see your guys you know each other's uh, uh, progression and kind of where you stand um, uh, he, he did a nice job on this app uh, and it's it's free so you know check it out so it like shows your I rating, it shows your curve of, you know, how it's grown or decreased, your SR. It looks like there's a list of tracks and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like it, it'll, um, you know, if, if you're in the compare section, we can compare how many, uh, how many laps we've done, how many uh, laps in the lead that we've done, how many wins we've had. 
um, you know, like right, right down the list. Yeah, club information, pretty cool. I kind of hope he does a, a an Apple version, uh, so we uh, Apple boys can uh, try it out too. All right, uh, Jason. Uh, final topic. Uh, you got it. Uh, I real uh, racing. Excuse me. Real racers crossing over into the iRacing world. Uh, what's the final topic? So Scott Speed edges edges out Robert Kubica in the MX5 Cup race, uh, and it's just a bunch of good supportive comments from iRacers about this is what we really love about iRacing, seeing seeing the, the crossover, seeing the actual success uh, from from these guys that are going out and doing it MX5. So. Yeah, Robert Kubica, that's a huge name for me. Uh, both these guys are both Formula One driver, former Formula One drivers, obviously. Uh, Scott Speed, you know, he's a three-time global rallycross champ. Uh, Robert Kubica has recently done some testing in Formula One, uh, hoping to get a seat again. But uh, pretty cool to see him on iRacing and those guys duking it out in the MX5 Cup uh, race. Um, I also brought up Robert's stats. Uh, Robert Kubica, uh, he doesn't have a lot of stats because he only started in iRacing this year. But what's an amazing stat on the roadside for him his winning percentage, 42.8%. He wins. He's won 9 out of 21 races so far. Also, from from not having too many races, he's probably racing with a bunch of guys that he's pretty above. So. Well, good point. <laughs> his, I rating, his I rating has progressed. Uh, looks like he's at a road I rating of 2507. Now, obviously, he needs to be probably at 6000 or higher, would be my guess, and he'll probably get there pretty quick. Well, now, if you look at it at a diff- little bit of a different angle, um, it, it's just another nod to iRacing and how, uh, you know, close to life the, the simulation is. So, you know, here's a guy, you know, he's an F1 driver coming over to the sim and, you know, as he should, he, you know, he should kick butt and he obviously is, but, um, you know, if it, if it wasn't so close to real life, he may have a a lot different results. Yeah, pretty cool. I want to race with Robert Kubica. I think that'd be cool. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Uh, Jason Daniels, you're first. It's good to be back. I've missed a few weeks, uh, just having life catch up with me, but, uh, Got Talladega and finally already been doing some practicing at Kansas. Uh, not exactly my favorite track, but the trucks are pretty fun to run at Kansas since you can keep them wide open. Um, but we'll be getting some some runs in with Kansas and hopefully getting a, a good rebound started on my eye rating. I really don't think I'm at where I belong. I, I just got to put in the work to, to get it up. Yep. All right, uh, Tony Groves, final thoughts. Well, today I purchased uh, Kansas, Martinsville, and Homestead. So I am set for the rest of the season. Um, And on an even brighter note, I got the green light from my wonderful wife that I'm allowed to buy the rest of the tracks that I don't have. So next season, I won't be missing any races. Uh, 
because I don't have the tracks. Uh, now life obviously uh, deals a different hand, but um, it's looking very positive for 2018. And you're talking about the NASCAR schedule tracks, right? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I might have to do a little bit more sweet talking and some renovations for uh, some of the other tracks and cars that I want. Yeah. All right, and uh, Will Cooley, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's been fun talking to you. Uh, you're welcome on back anytime. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Oh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Uh, I want to give another shout-out to WG Lot Clearing and Landscaping. Again, check those guys out on Facebook. Uh, you can see some big stuff being torn down and uh, a lot of dirt being moved, which is uh, kind of fun to watch. And also a shout-out to Lockdown Racing. Uh, the future for me is going to be a lot of testing. The Pro Series kicks off on November 7th, I believe. Uh, we get Texas, Phoenix, Homestead, so it will coincide with the end of the NIS slate. And we'll be testing away and fighting like crazy. And uh, I think we got a pretty good shot to make it back in peak. And we'll just be taking it one race at a time, but pretty sure we can do it. All right. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, wow. I won at Talladega. Win, win, win. It's so cool when you win an NIS race because it's such an accomplishment. And uh, I somehow got it done again. Uh, I was running second. Uh, I finished second uh, a few weeks ago at a non-restrictor plate track. I don't remember which one. And almost won that race. And that would have been my first win on a non-restrictor plate track. Uh, but boy, when I come back to these restrictor plates, I had so much confidence, um, coming into Talladega week and sure enough, uh, put in enough starts and I finally got that win where I didn't get wrecked and it worked and I led all the laps and almost all the laps and it was just awesome. And it was such a great feeling. So, uh, that's why we race is to get those, those wins and, uh, boy, they're special when they happen. So you never know when they're going to happen again. So, I'm trying to relish it a little bit before we head over to Kansas. Um, and then congratulations to Justin Laird on his first NIS win ever and and at a full-length li- uh, race as well. I'm very impressed with him. We worked together on TeamSpeak. We weren't in the same split, but we kept encouraging each other, you know, focus, you know, be smart, we'll talk about, you know, Set set up for the right pit stop, two tires, you know, check your fuel, watch your temps. And it worked, and we both got the win, and it was awesome to win. In the, we both won the same race, but in different splits. So that was kind of neat for the team. Uh, and then, you know, as we're also recruiting at Tifosi. So I wanted to let people know, you know, I still want to add a couple more people. Um, so if you're interested and you want to you run the same stuff we run, you know, hook me, you know, let me know and uh, we'll talk. And uh, with that being said, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.